Welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. And on today's show, I want to talk about an article that, well, one of several articles that I'm going to be covering in some upcoming podcasts that I got from the USA Today. All right. So this particular article right here, it was a poll done by obviously the USA Today and uh, Soul Folk University. So the title states 50% see Trump as a failed president. So obviously I don't necessarily like to discuss these types of topics, but I feel that it's important to kind of dig a little bit deeper to kind of see the thought process behind a lot of people. Now, obviously, this poll, it didn't necessarily decipher ethnicity, color, race, or any of those particular different things. They basically only highlighted two individuals that they spoke to, one being a, well, no, they spoke to three, one being a Trump supporter and two others being um Biden supporters and well they talked to another one as well and he voted libertarian well no voted for the green party so 50% see Trump as a failed president right so they went down to they got a little bit um deeper um again like I said they they only did a thousand people for this particular poll and I'm not the poll expert, but I have heard prior that you don't necessarily need a large number of people to kind of get, you know, a feel, you know. Now, obviously, depending on what your ideology is and all that good stuff like that, you may can go up on that hill and down that hill. But I'm not that invested in polls to, you know, sit up here and try to navigate through it. It was just something I seen on the front of a newspaper, and I wanted to document it. So, um, they have a question. <laughs> uh, do you believe Joe Biden was legitimately elected president, right? So, you know, we still have that going on. You know, it's going to go all the way on to the, the inauguration, obviously. It may, it may go on past that, you know. I, I don't know the extents that, you know, Trump will go. But it stated that 62%, right, of all Americans, only 62% felt that Joe Biden won legitimately. 37% of all Americans voted no. So we can look at that, you know, right there. And obviously you got the 1% that, they didn't they didn't necessarily say yay or nay. All right. As far as Democrats, 96 percent of Democrats believe that he was he won legitimately. Three percent said he didn't. Twenty percent of Republicans stated that they felt Joe Biden won legitimately. Seventy eight percent of Republicans said he didn't. As far as independents, 65 percent stated yes. 32% stated no. So when you look at these 
these numbers, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Obviously, we feel, I feel like this is one of those social media type of things where the advent of social media is at play here, where you have individuals that have influence, have a platform, and people gravitate towards them. Some people can say this for the good. Some people can say this for the bad. You know, it's, to me, we're not monolithic, right? Everyone has their own belief system. Somebody may say your belief system is wrong. Someone may say, well, your belief system is wrong, right? But when we look at these particular different things like this, we really feel we really have to assess that this would, this is what we would label as a conspiracy theory, right? And more times than not, conspiracy theories, at least the, the main ones that I've come across, they don't necessarily reach these particular heights, which makes this one unique. Now, obviously, most conspiracy theories with the advent of YouTube, they, they have life. They are able to gather followers so people can say, well, you know what, when you look at it like that and when you think about it from that, you know, standpoint, then, yeah, maybe maybe that didn't that isn't how it happened. Obviously, you know, some of the bigger conspiracy theories, the JFK assassination, uh, 9-11, you know, things of that particular nature, obviously, are larger conspiracy theories. But this one right here, I feel like this one has reached the heights of the heights in which every single person um, is talking about it. I'm not necessarily gonna, I'm not necessarily talking about it because I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, it's over, right? It's over. Um, either we're going to have a new president or we're going to have the same particular president that we already had. So, you know, it is what it is. So, um... So let's get to the 50% that see him as a failed president, right? So obviously it says 50% of Americans now predict history will judge him as a failed president, right? That's what they feel history will judge him as, right? Um, moving along in the article, it says Americans overwhelmingly say issuing a preemptive pardon for himself would be an abuse of presidential power and an even bigger majority, including most Republicans, say he should attend president elect Joe Biden's inauguration to discriminate to demonstrate the peaceful transfer of power. So bits and pieces of the news that I do catch, I have seen where uh, I believe it was either the last week or the week before last because I'm recording this on January 4th. So it was either last week or the week before last. I see that he pardoned some of uh, his confidants, you know, some of his friends. I hear now that he's talking about Obviously, looking to potentially pardon himself for any wrongdoings as well as his children and things of that particular nature. And, you know, Americans feel that, you know, that's simply an abuse of power. Me, I feel like it seems like as the presidencies go on, um, we don't know what an abuse of power is, right? Obviously, if you are making yourself infallible for wrongdoings that um, you have done, then that can be considered abuse of power. I look at it from the standpoint that 
we have set up a system, a way of life that if a person is in a position of power, they are able to leverage their power to the furthest of extents. And if they are able to, in a criminal situation, get off, then they're able to get off. So obviously the president is a lot more, is the most deemed elected to be the most powerful individual uh, on U.S. soil. So if I feel that regular celebrities have been able to do such things. Now, I don't know if they've done such things as heinous as they are accusing him of doing. I don't know if they are doing that, but there have been more than a fair share of occasions in which affluent individuals have been able to skirt past uh, prosecution and being able and being held to the furthest extent of the law. So that's just the the precedent that has been set, right? So, um, but you still have individuals that believe in that, you know, there's an American dream, this is a democracy, this is all these particular different things that you're taught and, you know, are supposed to uphold when we're talking about these particular different things until you actually go outside and you see, like, you know what? Mm, some of that's true. A lot of that's not true, right? So, as a like a shirt my dad used to always wear, it says "Money Talk" and "BS Walks." So that's a an adage, a motto that uh, is very prevalent in these United States of America. You know, so again, if I had to put an opinion on it, like I say, I don't believe it's an abuse of power. I just believe it's just more of you are an influential person and you can use your influence but obviously you're the president so you're supposed to have uh, a little bit more decency uh so to speak um i cannot pronounce this woman's name um so i'm not gonna try to pronounce it i don't want to butcher her name but uh these were her words uh she she voted for joe biden she said, uh, the last four years have been lacking in compassion and empathy, lacking in anything other than advancing the personal interests of President Trump and his friends and allies and family. Right. So this lady, she's a retired attorney from Springfield, Illinois. So, I mean, when you when you take things like this into consideration again, when we think about back in maybe the 20s and the 30s when organized crime was at its height, these are some of the things that, that they did. They were able to buy political influence. Um, I've listened and watched my fair share of mob documentaries, and I'm still in awe at some of the things that they were able to get away with. Um, obviously, eventually, you know, they had to be real then, but I don't know how far they got real then, even though you had such uh, statutes like the RICO, which, you know, essentially implicated the head of the snake all the way down. Right. But prior to those particular different things, the movement in which they were doing particular different things. And if you, you know, 
you've moved away from that and what you may call an advanced criminal. And I'm not necessarily labeling uh, Donald Trump as a criminal, which some people probably will label him as a criminal. But when you understand law or if you can afford individuals who understand law, then these are some of the things that you get. So, yeah, you do afford yourself the ability to help friends, help allies, help family, you know, again, skirt and not have to face the full repercussion of the judicial system. That's just that's just kind of the way it is. Um, so the article continued. It wasn't just a, a one page thing. Like I said, I just want to touch on some of the, the main talking points. So a lot of the poll, um, the poll period was between December 16th and December 20th. So roughly a four day period to poll 1000 uh, registered voters. And I feel like that's a that's a key thing right there. Uh, registered voters. They didn't talk to unregistered voters or even individuals who didn't participate in the voting process, uh, so to speak. So um, this is a Trump supporter uh, named David Sheff, 73, from Jacksonville, Florida. He said, I tell you what, 50 years out, Trump will be much better regarded than he is at the current time. He said Trump will look decent for sure. So when we think about those particular different things, right, and I have to just think about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, obviously, I am not comparing these two individuals as, um, as Dr. King would say, the content of their character. I'm just speaking about the end part of what he said, which when he says 50 years out, Trump would be much better regarded. And so obviously I wasn't born in the civil rights era, but I know individuals or I listen to individuals who did live through that particular different time. Same can be said about Muhammad Ali, in which at the time that they were defined essentially the status quo, they were called everything. Obviously, Dr. Martin the King was referred to as a communist and the FBI, that was one of their things that they wanted to essentially eviscerate anyone that supported or even felt like that you were portraying any type of thing based on being a communist, right? Obviously, we know he wasn't a communist. He was just trying to give a voice to the voiceless in an era, in a time period where we felt that this was the time that we were supposed to galvanize our sales and try to put ourselves in a position for betterment right so you fast forward now dr king is 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 thought of as one of the most revered humans not just black humans but just one of the most revered humans in history and it's almost unfathomable now to even look back and think that at any point in history that people thought that this person is a communist and to his demise, you were assassinated. That is how much you were disliked. But now, you're revered. So, when you think about it from that particular standpoint, you have to understand, look at how the, the polar opposites, again, the same with Muhammad Ali. 
when he expressed his opinions about not wanting to go fight in the war and how he felt that those people, in his words, they didn't, they're not the ones that are abusing me, saying these ill things about me. You know, this is not my fight. Was ridiculed, right? But was able to carry the torch at the Olympics, revered later on in life, you know, when he um, was going through his later years, when he was no longer the flamboyant, brash, boastful Muhammad Ali, right? So I'm not, I mean, what, I'm 30 now. So if I'm lucky enough to live another 50 years and be 80, you know, he could he could potentially have a completely different um, makeup. I mean, because we, I I see it now. Some of these individuals, like um, like Andrew Jackson, right? Everyone knows the history about it or whatever like that. But the way that it is being worded now, when we speak about these particular individuals in history, is that they were just going with what was going on at the time which basically is saying that look everybody was doing it don't just pick and choose these particular individuals and vilify everybody was doing it right but at a certain point they felt that this was wrong so they stopped doing it so and no one can say that Donald Trump did is from an African American's perspective. Donald Trump hasn't done anything that is on the same um, field or plane as some of the forefathers, right? So I don't even think you have to go fifty. We can may go twenty five to thirty years out, reflect back on you know, particular things. And he may be looked at as, you know what? He had a uh, an obnoxious, uh, or as the, as the lady said, he lacked no compassion, no empathy, but we were better off as Americans for having him, right? So, you know. So, um, moving a little bit further down, uh, they spoke about, it said that 16% predict he will be seen as a great president, 13 as a good president, 16 as fair, and obviously the title of the article, 50% will label him as a failed, and 5% are just undecided, right? So in comparison to his predecessor, Barack Obama, Barack was 18% said he was a great president, 32% said he was a good one. 23% said that he was a failed president. So those are, those numbers are, are, are so different, right? They're, they're so much, they're so different. So um, when we look at that, you know, we just have to think, one of the things that I feel like has to be taken into account is that Donald Trump is the first president that actually was 
president at the height of the social media era. You're the first president that was utilizing social media the way that you wanted to utilize it, right? Uh, Obama was elected in 2008. Uh, MySpace was just kind of dying out. Um, Facebook was just kind of getting this, you know, kind of getting his legs. And obviously towards the back end of his presidency, that's when, you know, social media started to ramp up, you know. But for the first couple of years, you were able to kind of alienate yourself towards some of the things. But now you have all the social medias, even so much so that you had Donald Trump talking about we have to ban TikTok because Chinese people are spying on American people and are going to utilize, take our information and use it against us, right? So, whoa, everything, right? So you get the full blunt of it. So Joe Biden comes in with a smoking gun, same way. So each and every president moving forward, they can be scrutinized a little bit more because you have social media and everyone is, it's a call to action right then and there. If a person has a thought or if someone is trying to convey something, boom, it can go right there. It can get retweeted. Boom, boom, boom. And you may even have situations where um, people, you know, they may have handlers. Those may They may become individuals who have jobs along the presidential panel that that's their job to monitor social media, to, um, as people say, clap back or to commemorate, you know particular different things so those are particular things that you may have going on in the future now what's really really interesting right now we stated that 78 percent of republicans felt that joe biden didn't legitimately win the election right so here's another number so it says that if donald trump you know, they're, it's, they're, they're hitching their wagon to the Trump train again. They were saying that if he ran again in 2024, 71% of Republicans say that he will have that nomination. 71. Right? 71. So I don't know <clears throat> what type of um, holder or the, 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 brashness of him i don't know what gets people to to gravitate towards him but 71 said they would support 16 said they they would consider it right 16 said they would consider it so when we take that into account basically 87 percent of republicans <laughs> said that if he if he was a nominee in 2024, he got the support. No doubt about it. And only 10% said that they would. Right? And that's on the heels of every single thing. This is on the heels of all of the call for election fraud, all of the mishaps, four years of of of, of lying, the um leaked audio about knowing about COVID earlier in the year and not taking precaution to alert the American people of the severity of the issue. 87% said, you know what? Mm, I can look past that. <laughs> I can, 
you know, 87% was like, ah, you know, come on, you know, give, give him a break, you know. How was he supposed to react? You know, it's it's you know they 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 come at it from all angles, so you're gonna slip a lie or two in there, you know, either way, right? So um, so it gets over to what to his achievements and failures, right? So um, obviously the economy was his um, biggest draw. That was his biggest thing that he hitched his hat to. Uh, if you invested in, in, in the market or any particular thing like that, then um, you've noticed that, you know, your portfolio has increased, you know, in value throughout his presidency, which, you know, depending on how deep you get into politics, they uh, most individuals would accredit some of the Obama era um, provisions that he put into place to be what really spearheaded this and has kind of continued this bull market even with the lag that the COVID um, brought forth. But that's what most Republicans nearly have feel like is his greatest achievement. Um, and they felt that his foreign, his foreign policy take Republicans felt that was his second greatest achievement. Uh, Democrats said he doesn't have a great achievement. Period. None. And they was and only twenty two said that uh, they are crediting him with his uh, economic uh, prowess. Right. So um, and then just lastly, we'll just uh, just kind of get out of here because it wasn't it wasn't a very long article, but. You know, you just again, like I said when I started off, it's it's very interesting to see how uh, individuals think and what are on people's mind when they what's going on now. You know, so it says that when Trump took office four years ago, fifty nine percent told the U.S. Today poll that the country's divisions were deeper than they had been in the past. Now, when they talk about the past, I don't know how far they're going back because obviously um, we had the 60s. Um, we had the 90s. Um, so I don't know how far in the past they're going. <laughs> but, but then again, the year 2000 was supposed to be the end of the world in which we know so maybe they're just dating back to 2000. So if they're dating back to 2000, then yeah, you're probably absolutely right. This is probably as divided as the country has ever been. But now, four years later, 67% say that the divisions have gotten deeper, a view held by overwhelmingly majorities across party lines. So both parties essentially are saying that, you know, prior to you getting in here, we felt that it was already a little on edge. Four years later, and definitely it's on edge. I remember I saw a graphic. I don't know the validity of it, and I'm sorry if I'm if I'm bringing up some. And you know what? Since I didn't check the validity of it, I'm not even gonna say it. But it wasn't it wasn't anything to um, denounce anyone. But it was just a graphic that I saw posted, and I didn't do my due diligence to. Uh, fact check it I just saw it on a page from a reputable uh, person that I follow but seeing is that I didn't do my due diligence I'm not going to 
saying it, say anything about it, right? But I just want to know how far they're going back, right? Because I was born in the 90s. I'm only 30. So, again, how far are y'all going back, right? You know, so, but in any regard, um, what do y'all think? Y'all, would y'all label him as a failed president today? And do you feel that later on, um, history will look at him in a different light as they as history has done for um, multiple individuals? You know, so and some people that were deemed to be good back in the day now, new research is coming out to saying like, nah, you you no no no. You know, like the Christopher Columbus thing, right? But I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> but you know, certain people in history that were labeled as uh, founders and, and, and great individuals, a couple of people got together and was like, you know what? Nah. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it real. He wasn't like that, right? But anyway... It's another episode of Paradigm 132 Podcast. Like I said, this is one of, I believe, three other articles that I am going to be doing a podcast on just from this one newspaper. So sit tight, hit the like button, subscribe. And again, uh, the podcast is available on all major streaming platforms. So if you prefer just to listen to the audio, go right ahead. But Still hit the like button, subscribe, comment below, and I'll be back to you again next week. Peace.